The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am the dungeon master of this crazy crew of players, Mikey. You can find me on my personal social medias at PopCultureGeek. You can also collectively follow us at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions across the social medias. Make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date on all the projects we got going on because boy, do we have a lot of them. Of course, I am never alone in this endeavor. As I mentioned before, I am joined by my crazy cast of players. Wesley, you will be the first to go. Hi, I'm Wesley, and uh, I don't really have a whole lot of social media stuff to plug, but I am playing Amino Akid, relative new guy. So next player to give their little introductions is going to be Josh L. Hello there. My name's Josh. You can find me on Twitch on the infrequent times I stream, and every now and then I post a TikTok at only Josh and you. Uh, I am playing his Ferran Hammerstone. Local dwarven ranger, grandfather, great-grandfather, soon-to-be great-great-grandfather, and provider of good berries, candies. All right, next player to give their little introduction is going to be Jace. everybody, I'm JC Vanguard. You can find me on TikTok at JC Vanguard. I'm starting to come back. I need to finish this one Gundam build on live, and I'm start posting more Gundam stuff because that's what I'm going to twist into. Uh, other than that, I am Tydek, a dragonborn fighter sorcerer with a little bit, little spice at the end. That is a uh, motion sickness, and it's JVL's fault. JVL, you'll be the next to introduce. So rebuttal. Well, of course, I'm going to rebut this after I introduce myself. I'm John Van Luling. I am playing Q Man Being, the uh, simic hybrid druid of the group, who is doing his best to keep Tydek from throwing up all over the place because God knows we don't want more in than out. But uh, he also secretly probably just wants Tydak to survive any encounter he comes into because, as of late, we've had a little trouble with that, too. Um, you can find me on the social medias at, at the JB Lexicon. Good rebuttal, <laughs> sir. <laughs> not, damn it, not again. <laughs> Before any more bodily fluids are thrown upon in-game or IRL, who knows? The other John joining us, the professor. Why don't you introduce yourself to the lovely audience? <laughs> Hi, my name is John. Thanks. No, I'm kidding. I'll do it better. I'll do it fast. My name is John Crossway. I'm a teacher. I teach too many places. Uh, I am on the TikTok. If you could spell my whole last name, which is ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to be going back there over the summer. I've been away for a little while. Uh, I, uh, I'm on a show on Netflix called Go Go Cry Carson. I do voiceover and improv and random shit. <gasps> I think that's it. And then, of course, who are you playing tonight? <laughs> uh, I think I'm Fearless still. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I've had a few handful of characters here and there, but uh, for now, I am still the Fila, 
learning what my past is and what this strange cultish religion may or may not be. Amador, you're up. Hi, I'm Amador. I'm the normal guy that usually does nothing. I have nothing to input. I'm the goblin who will bite your ankles and steal your food and maybe your money. You can call him Corvus. That's it. Goodbye. Hi. And of course, last but certainly not least, as far as player-wise, and knock on wood, he, here is Josh M. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all non-binaries. I am Josh, uh, aka MG Preacher. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at MG Preacher, as well as Instagram at MG Preacher Mark II. And tonight, I will be playing the party's paladin, Dodak Valgar. With introductions out of the way... We will jump straight into our recap of what happened last time. So what did happen last time on Call of the Deep? Well, after returning and making the your way back to Gunderland from Fiskerback, you guys returned to the Red Turtle Inn where you were met with King Red Axe, who asked you, the group to make sure and kind of check out the festival ground. As the island is be prepared for its biggest festival every year with different people from all over the Sword Coast and the different island nations coming in to kind of enjoy this thing. And you were tasked to test out the games to make sure that they were good to go, that they were fair and just the overall excuse to have a good time. So all of you guys made your way. You also met Amino, who was pimped out to you twice, apparently. To not only join you in this endeavor to test out the games, but also King Red Axe pimped him out to uh, do some upgrades on your ship alongside uh, King Red Axe's own personal ship, right? Which we'll get to in a little bit. But upon making your way to the festival grounds, you guys, well, most of you had a good time playing some card games. There may or may not have been a lizard race. And then we ended up ending the episode with probably the most wondrous discovery that the party has made, thanks to one hue, which is the magic and the power of a carousel, which worked way too much than more than it should have. We all won you in our own hearts at the game of carousel. <laughs> But upon riding the carousel, Hugh got his friends to enjoy the carousel as well. And then Hugh also met a strange looking shopkeep who was kind of walking around the festival grounds. And he told Hugh that should he want to stop by his shop, that he can at any point before returning to the carousel and enjoying his time with his friends. So that is where we're going to pick up. We are currently still in front of this carousel. So for the most part, most of you guys have already kind of looked over most of the festival grounds and what it had to offer. There are still two points of interest should you want to investigate them. And that would be the shop, as I mentioned, where Hugh met this curious individual. There is also the big, ginormous kind of like big top tent in the distance. So those are the two points of interest that are left for you guys to check out and explore. What would you like to do? Y'all go make your way to the shopkeep. As I recall, it's where we were when we ended last time. So, Hugh, you've already met the shopkeep, so you know exactly what it is you're getting into. However, as the rest of you are walking towards the shopkeep, it is a humanoid male figure dressed to the tents in kind of this, I want to say maroon kind of satin like suit and pants kind of attire with some black and white shoes to offset it. But the more interesting thing is, is that this gentleman's face is kind of caked with white makeup and is has a very extra tall top hat 
Though it is kind of designed to look like a zigzag pattern and is kind of slanted off to one side. And upon his fingers are a multitude of different colored gem rings and bracelets. And as you approach his kind of shop area, he sees you approaching and he says to you, Ah, my friends, welcome to Valentine's Wares and Wonders. What can I do for you today? I brought my friends as you requested. I know you wanted to speak to us for a reason. I did not remember it off the top of my head. We were a little busy. Have you tried the carousel? It is quite engaging. It is. Now the question is, my friend, did you win at the carousel? Multiple times. Excellent, as one should. But of course, I appreciate you bringing your friends over here. But uh, yes. Once again, my name is Valentine, and I provide a plethora of goods and sweets all across the Sword Coast. Anytime you stop by in any of the major islands or cities, you will find one or more of my siblings running the shops there. I'm going to talk to Top Hat Makeup Face, and I'm going to say... Uh, Top Hat Makeup Face. It's, it's an ICP album. Uh, ICP album. Jeez. I'm going to say, uh, what do you mean sweets? You have sweets? Like candy? Oh, but of course, and only the finest in all of the Sword Coast. Would you like to take a look at them? I don't know. Last time I was offered sweets, it didn't end so well. Awkward silence. Awkward That's silence. fine. Sure, I'd love to take <laughs> yes. a look. Yes. Be like, I, I, I sent a story there, my friend. Uh, yes. Do you care to share? Uh, not quite yet, but maybe a few sweets <laughs> in, we'll talk. Hmm, excellent. Alrighty, so as you guys take a look, well, specifically for you, Fila, as you take a look at Valentine's sweets collection, everything is neatly organized into these plastic bids, very clear and translucent, so you can see through them. Everything is neatly labeled, so... Uh, let me just give you the list real quick. I'm going to post it in the commentary of everything that is there. But yeah, as you are looking, there is a plethora of different sweets and treats and everything labeled. Everything is very colorful, whimsically designed in its uh, packaging and things like that. But as you take a look, there is a plethora. So really quickly, just from DM to players. so. These sweets in this world are what we call sugar bombs. So most of them are sugar bombs. There's a couple of different ones that aren't in the sugar bomb family. But basically, there is a plethora of a whole different kinds of things. So the list I provided is where everything is. In addition, you also see that on a separate table, you have a kind of different assortment of different items and wares as well. So Valentine kind of just nonchalantly kind of just hand on shoulder of the counter says, So, my fine friend, any sweets look interesting to you? What's candy horn? Ah, so the good old candy horn. I had no idea I pronounced it correctly. I'm good. I got that on the first try. As you inspect, <laughs> <laughs> it's canon now. As you ex inspect this candy horn, it is very, essentially, it is a small triangular kind of piece of candy that is shaded in a orangey, white, and yellowish kind of hue to it. And Valentine just kind of picks one up and says, would you like to give it a try? 
Am I going to turn into a lizard? No, that is the more expensive ones, but I don't have that one in stock. You have expensive candy that turns people into lizards? Well, it's more of the new kind of testing that we're doing for different candies. My assistant turned into a lizard, but they were fine after about a week or two. We're still kind of working out the kinks on that one. So you turned them into a newt, but they got better. They got better? Mm, yeah. Technically, I didn't, but that was the aftermath of trying to mix all the different candies together. It's a, it's a work in progress. Um, well, two things then. One, I would love to try this and sample this. And two, do you have any of that awkward lizard candy? Or it's out of stock, you said? It's out of stock right now, but... Ah. If you leave your name, I can give you a special order, and you can pick it up, uh, or I could have it delivered to you if you like. I, 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 I would love to, and I'm going to take a bite of the weird candy horn. <laughs> okay, so as you bite into this candy horn, as you bite on it and you kind of chew it, for a little bit, nothing really happens until Valentine gives you a mirror. You're going to need a mirror for this one and as he hands you the mirror as you're finishing chewing the candy horn you begin to see that your eyes as you look into the mirror are now beginning to glow a kind of yellowish orangey shade as you continue to eat it so your eyes become more orangey yellow like in a cool jack-o'-lantern way or in a scary jaundice kind of way in a fun jack-o'-lantern way <laughs> Oh, I'll take that. I'm fine with that. All right, cool. I'm going to I'm going to stare at myself in the mirror as I turn into a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> not you're not turning into a jack-o'-lantern. I'll let my eyes do a jack-o'-lantern thing. Cool. Yeah, so you see that they stay like that for about a minute and then your eyes go back to normal as you finish the candy horn. Horn. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. And it just does that while I eat the candy horn. Exactly. Is this made of horn, or is this just a version of candy horn that you invented? Uh, it's an offset of the original handy horn, but uh, for copyrighted purposes, like you got to give that inflection of the horn. Oh, he I just see. wipes a bit of spittle off his face from everyone thinks. <laughs> uh, sorry, my friend, I did not mean to get my bodily fluids all over you. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Hugh, and I'm going to say, Hugh, you got to try this candy horn. Oh, I do. It's something to my highs. Can't stop now. Of course. I, I would love to, to try something that would do different things to your eyes. Please. Wait, what? What? I, just, I, he takes the, the candy horn from uh, Fila and gives it a sniff. As he takes a bite, he's not going to actually ingest the candy horn, but I'm going to wild shape. Into, what are you about to do? <laughs> oh, just wait. I'm going to wild shape into the shiniest and most shark-looking mouse you've ever seen. Drops down, horn drops on the ground, looking up all like scared, scared of what's going on, looks at Fila, and then just runs off underneath the tent into the back area. Oh my gosh, you. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Valentine, and I'm going to say, uh, your candy horn just turned Hugh into a mouse? Is that what's supposed to happen? No. Does does your friend have a, a allergy to any kind of sugar-based products? That's an allergy of a sugar-based product. You turn into tiny creatures. <laughs> and I can just picture her break out into a rash. Working there, just screeches because she's just seen <laughs> mouse run by. Just just screams in the distance, like um, I 
if that's an allergic thing, I mean, I don't mind the lizard candy. Keep me on the list for that. But you might want to label this that you could turn into a mouse. You won't need to consult with a physician if I stay at mouse for more than four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would go see your local cleric if that happens, but <laughs> it's very rare to turn into a mouse. But uh, ooh, I'm going to document this. <laughs> Meanwhile, does it, does it make you itchy or have any sensations of burning? <laughs> might turn into a mouse. You might turn into a mouse, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Well, purchase, that happened. I'm going to purchase a handful of candy corn and then give Valentine my name and location. Whoa. <laughs> ASL, huh? So I can have more of this candy corn that turns people into a lizard. Because that's going to come. Dang. Oh so what's the rest of these candies do, my friend? Well, I am glad you asked. So at this point, I'm fed in which one is catching his, his eye. <laughs> Uh, the Hasty Sugar Bomb. Ooh, I was looking at that one, too. Okay. So as a you pack take a... of Leva Bubbles. <laughs> All right, so with the Hasty Sugar Bombs, so the Hasty Sugar Bomb, as you are taking a look at it, uh, Fedin, you see that in this part is a sp- spherical kind of hardened candy attached to a stick. Essentially, it is a lollipop of some sorts. And there is a variety of different colors, so to speak. And uh, Valentine kind of just unwraps one, gives it to you. Uh, it is a red one and says, ah, this is going to come in handy, especially if you have a sweet tooth, but you're looking to get a little mm, extra movement through different things. Here, go ahead and give it a try. He picks it up and looks at it for a moment and... Sticks it in his mouth and, as he bites down on it. Dang, not even the one, two, three. He's just like. <laughs> okay, so as you're chewing this, so mechanically, this is what happens. So uh, with the hasty sugar bomb, as you are eating it, you can start to feel your body become a little more nimble and become a little more lighter. So mechanically, after eating a hasty sugar bomb, your movement speed increases by five feet for one hour. So you get an extra five feet for an hour. Okay. Now there are some drawbacks, but we'll talk about those later. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm guessing a sugar crash if I take too many of them. Well, not necessarily sugar crash, but there is a drawback to all of these is, is that there is a condition where if you eat too many at once before the time period is up to eat another one, you get what is called an upset stomach. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. That's how you lost a foot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did I ever tell you how I lost my foot? It was eating all these weird, weird candy horns. <laughs> I've been doing oatmeal commercials for 72 years. I can't get off this horse. I've been on this horse for 72 years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you feel an extra lightness to your feet, fetid, and feel a little more nimble through it. Okay, and the other one I was looking at was the yep. leather bubbles. <laughs> uh, the pack of Leva Bubbles Sugar Bobs, one of my personal favorites. As you take a look at this pack of Leva Bubbles Sugar Bobs, essentially they are all wrapped up in a rectangular package. So essentially, this is a pack of gum, essentially. 
And Valentine kind of takes one and says, ah, if you don't mind, this one is going to be very good. And if you thought the other one made you light on your feet, this one's going to take it a couple of notches up and kind of hands you a stick of the level bubble sugar bomb. Crunch. Okay. So essentially, because it's the consistency of gum, you're just chewing the gum. Now, don't swallow it because it'll ruin your stomach, but there's no scientific proof for it. So don't worry. <laughs> But as you are chewing this uh, level bubble sugar bomb, once again, you start to feel a lightness. But this time it's taken up a couple of notches as you start to feel yourself kind of rise off the ground a little bit. And uh, you kind of find yourself floating in air off the ground a little bit. You're still kind of close to it, but you're able to kind of uh, float there. Uh, one would say levitate, if you will. Mechanically speaking, the pack of level bubble sugar bombs is once you chew on this for at least a minute with an action, and at this point you blow a single bubble with it. As an action, when you blow a bubble, you are under the same effects as the levitate spell. <laughs> when you blow this bubble, so it's like, and the bubble will help you levitate. <laughs> I had so much fun come getting these as you have no idea. Am I watching this? Do I see this happen? Yes, all of you are currently seeing your uh, dwarven ranger blow a bubble and like levitate. How, <laughs> how far? How far is Fedden off the ground? Are we talking like ten feet off the ground, or is this like just a few feet off the ground? Fedden's a large man, dwarf. Uh, I will say that uh, he's starting to rise. Currently, he's about five feet off the ground. <laughs> He can't get down. He doesn't know how it works. <laughs> when he says that, I pop the bubble. Okay, with what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this stuff is. I just walk over and just go, boop. <laughs> exactly. You just pop it, and then the lever bubble not only explodes all over Fedden's face, but he just comes down to the ground, too. This is why paladins are the people that ruin everyone's fun. <laughs> But yeah, so Fedin, you are safely back on the ground, though you do have Leva Bubble all over your face. And um It's in my beard. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all in the beard now. It's gonna take a bit. <laughs> I apologize for that. I don't know what I don't know what was gonna happen, but I do apologize. It just uh, seemed like a thing to do. I'm gonna walk up so, to Valentine or whatever mm -hmm. makeup top hat face. Uh, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna ask for a few of those as well, please. <laughs> of course, my friend. And tell you what, I will give you, should you wish, I'll let you all pick up a couple of the free samples that I have of any of this, should you want them. Huh. So, once again, samples. hands you the level bubble. Yeah, the sample packages that I always bring around in case people want to test them out for, for committing, but uh, you seem like you all would enjoy these. So, I'm willing to... Mm, give you the free samples should you wish as he continues to write on his parchment like what you want out of morbid curiosity just asking for a friend mm -hmm. what the hell does free filled jolly ooze bean sugar bomb shit do mr tasty oh. face top hat man <laughs> <laughs> or coat of tricky treat sugar bombs shielded turtle sugar bombs what is this shit they're <laughs> the no, no cookies <laughs> There's just too many things to work with here. So what, what the hell does ooze bean bullshit do for me? I want to know for a friend. <laughs> for a friend. 
We like the phone. Friend, a the friend is me. I'm just telling you, it's me. It's fine. All right. So the free filled Jolly Ooze Bean Sugar Bombs Amino is essentially, as you take a look at it, they're kind of in a kidney shape with a variety of different colors to it. Essentially, this is the modern, this is the IRL equivalent of jelly beans. Still stuck on the ooze bean part of it. So it is fine. So, uh, Valentine kind of takes a handful and kind of holds them out and says, oh, these all have different things that can happen to you, but uh, why don't you pick one at random? So, Amino, here's what I need you to do. <laughs> Are they based on color? Asking for a, a friend, because Amino is just like me. He is colorblind. That is true. Oh, oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> Damn, this is gonna be a no. This is gonna be a problem. This won't be a problem. I promise. But anyways, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to roll me a D8, please. One of eight different colors that he uh, cannot six. see. Six. <laughs> <That's> six. <laughs> six. Okay. Eighth color is the color of magic. <laughs> so you rolled a six. So as you pick one up. This is, this is a challenge for me. How do we describe it to a colorblind <laughs> but any character? But uh, as you pull the jelly bean out of Valentine's hands, it is what you view as the color of red. So okay. blood, things like that. And as you pop it into your mouth, it's kind of giving you a very like cinnamony kind of flavor as you're biting down on this thing. So, so the color of cinnamon. It's like the a color of yeah, like a hot tamale, essentially. The color is cinnamon. Got it. And this actually is going to stay with you. Well, I mean, this effect lasts for a minute, but because you rolled the red and you're eating it, uh, roll me another. So here's what the red effect does. You gain 1d8 plus 4 temporary hit points. So 8. So 12 total then with the plus 4. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. So you have 12 temporary hit points. For a minute. I mean, For a minute. It's better than nothing. <laughs> It'll get you through some stuff. That's actually I mean, quite a lot. That's pretty good. Like, if you slam a whole box of hot tamales, you're a badass. Oh my so God. So, you're telling me it's going to be if I, you know, take a couple handfuls of this with me, I roll a D8 every time I take one and just hope I get cinnamon color? Well, all of the different colors oh. do different things. So, there's an element of luck to it. All <laughs> right. What so kind of things happen? You have an unorganized box of what could or could not help you. <laughs> no, no, no. He is not organized. He's just going to put him in a bag and just hope for the best every time. Mikey, run over for us real quick what all the different colors the ooze beans do, please. Sure. Okay. So here's how the colors work. So the colors are white, black, blue, gray, gold, red, green, and yellow. So if you roll and you pull it, white gives you the effect of breathing underwater, which, you know, that's not a problem for this party at this point. Black is you have resistance to acid damage and can safely eat otherwise inedible and non-poisonous organic materials. Blue, that if you end up grappling a creature or you are being grappled yourself, deals 1d8 acid damage to the other creature. So that's going to be a good time. Gray is that you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. Gold is you gain a climbing speed equal to your movement speed. Red is you gain 1d8 plus 4 temporary hit points for a minute. 
Green, you have resistance to poison damage and advantage on ability checks to escape grapples or restraints. And yellow is you have resistance against lightning damage and immunity against damage from the magic missile spell. Immunity to force damage? <laughs> well, the magic missiles spell, still, yes. Still force damage, damn. Yep. But what you end up when you open a pack of these things is random because you have to roll for each color. <laughs> I grab as many packs as I can fit in my pocket. <laughs> All right, hold up. These are the free samples. So I'll say that you end up with two of these things. And I try to grab an extra non-free sample one. <laughs> non-free sample one. How many beans are in each pack? So in each pack, <laughs> this is where you're going to do some math. So I'll send all the information to you guys. But every time you open a pack, you need to roll four D8s. <laughs> And that is and record each number. And you use these numbers to determine the kind of ooze beans that you have. So you have basically Orbis. four beans. Mm-hmm. And since he has, since Amino has two packs, he can roll eight D8s, and then that's how many he'll have. Okay. All right. I'm done with that. And how much are they if we wanted to buy one of the non-free packs? Yeah, I was so going to ask that too. Most of these cost anywhere. Yeah, most of these treats end up costing, eh, say, about three copper pieces for all of it. They're all <laughs> they're all kind of relatively easy treats to get a hold of. They're not necessarily like super, super high end stuff. So each candy runs about eh, two copper a piece. Now you're wow. going to do the conversion because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. So that's five for a silver. Yeah. He just won 20 gold. <laughs> so that's right. I'm you won at the games. <laughs> I'm going to buy five silver worth of the jelly beans. Okay. So five silver's worth. That's 25. That's 100 chances to get 12 <laughs> temporary hit points. And right. uh, then I'll get some of the, uh, what was the levitating one? Leva bubble? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leva bubbles. Same price? Mm-hmm. And shielded turtle. What does that do? Okay. So as you take a look at the shielded turtles, so essentially these are a chocolate-based kind of uh, sugar bomb that are in the shape of a uh, little turtle, so to speak. They're adorable. They have the cute little eyes on it. Uh, it has a little small turtle shell design in it. But uh, mechanically speaking, the shielded turtle sugar bomb is that as you kind of break it open, fed in, you see that there is a good combination of molasses and caramel smack dab in the center of these things. And mechanically, what it does is after you eat this thing for one minute, uh, it's kind of a trade off. So when, when you eat it for a minute, your movement speed is reduced by 10 feet for a minute. And if you're proficient with shields or are wearing one on your back, you gain a plus one bonus to your AC while your speed is reduced in this way. If you're wearing if you're wielding a shield, you don't get this bonus to your AC. So essentially, as the name sakes, it's like a turtle. You get a bonus to your AC if you're wearing it on your back like a turtle. Your movement speed is reduced by 10, but you get the trade off is you get a plus one to your AC when you're wearing a shield on your back for a minute. If I could ask. Uh, mm -hmm. Corvus would uh would approach also, and he would kind of point to the the tote of tricky treat sugar bombs. What does what does that do? Okay. Oh, I was looking at those two. 
as you take a look, this is the only candy that's kind of inside like a kind of large kind of tote bag with on each of the wrappers. It's kind of like designed in a kind of pumpkin shape. So essentially what this tote of tricky treat sugar bombs is, is that you get 5d8 plus 10 of these things inside the bag. And you have to roll a d20 every time you eat it. And it has some sort of small auditory or visual effect. Think of this as like if you took the trickster domain cleric with all the trickery and put it in candy form. It's like what happens when you put prestidigitation, uh, thaumaturgy, anything you can think of into candy form. So depending on what you roll is going to determine what kind of effect you have. So would you like to test one out real quick? Yes. <laughs> Is, oh no. So, Corvus, go ahead and roll a d20 for me, please. I will roll you a 14. <laughs> Excellent. As you are eating this, you kind of unwrap it and you eat this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll just pop it in my mouth <laughs> right away. No hesitation. No hesitation. As you are eating this, you... All of a sudden have uh, a weird sensation that you feel that there are somebody or something watching you. And as you continue to eat this candy, all of a sudden you have like a few crows start to kind of fly in and land on your shoulder and or land on <laughs> your arm. So essentially what this is, is that rolling a 14 nearby crows and ravens land on your shoulders or outstretched arm. So essentially you have become a goblin version of a scarecrow. So they're just kind of chilling on you right now. That's kind of rad. <laughs> and um, once again, like a whole bunch. It, there's so many fun stuff. I want to take some of that. How much does okay. it cost? Can I try one too? Okay, so Corvus, that will cost you two copper. And then I'll send all that. And then, uh, Dede, go ahead and roll a d20 for me. Okay. 14. <laughs> uh, just because I think it's shenanigan, roll it again for me because you rolled the same thing as Corvus. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. That would be a seven. Okay. Um, as you are eating this, you kind of find yourself, Dedic, beginning to, like a little kid, begin to laugh as you, the sweetness of the candy begins to kind of cascade across your taste buds. Your small kind of chuckle and laughter begins to grow louder and more maniacal. And then for the next minute, you just fall straight to the ground and start continuously to maniacally laugh and have no control over it. So what ended up happening is, is that your la that seven, your laughter becomes maniacal and you have trouble stopping once you started. So basically, it's like what happens when you're under the spell <laughs> hideous laughter. So it's like <laughs> you're just on the ground laughing maniacally. And after a minute, you kind of yourself down able to catch yourself but yeah everyone just witnessed you fall to the ground and just lose your mind <laughs> grab a pack of these cool he needs cool, a doctor cool. he needs a doctor so i'll send you all this information into your inventories in a little bit but does anybody else would like to take a look at any of the zakandis trying to see there's so much there's so many uh how many did you say that was in one of these packs so with the tote of tricky treat sugar bombs, it is you roll five d eights and plus ten, and that's how many you have in your little bag. Five d eight, you said. Mm hmm. So five d eight plus ten. Oh, plus ten. Okay. And each candy is two copper each. Well, I will say if you want the whole bag, it will cost you like 
20 copper, so to speak, because you're getting a whole plethora of those. And that's the only candy that is more expensive just because of how many you're getting out of it. Does he so, take Electrum? Geez. You get out of here with that. You get out of here with that nonsense. What if, how much would it be if I took five of each candy? Except for the tote, of course, because the tote comes with a bunch. Okay, so if you were to take a five of each candy, so it's two copper a piece. There's so that is one. ten. That is ten um, copper for five of those. And then if you're going to grab a whole bunch based on the list that I gave you, that is going to end up being 10, 20, 30, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. 100. So that would be 100 copper altogether if you want five of each of these minus I, the tote. I will gladly do that. Okay. So mark it down. I will give you all this information. <laughs> and that uh, pack of tricky treat that was not covered in the uh, like free sample thing. Mm -mm. So if you want to, okay, cause, if you want right, to get the so, tote, it would be 20 copper. <laughs> okay. I, I done paid. I, I done handed him the, the copper then. Okay. Um, what about the Kindle Egg Sugar Bomb? So the Kindle Egg Sugar Bomb. So as the name suggests, it is in the shape of kind of like a chocolate egg. And as you begin to unwrap it, that it again, it is a chocolate egg. And as you open it up, you see that it's filled with caramel. But you can see that there are pinches of kind of what looks to be kind of like red uh chili powder so to speak in this thing again this is a lot of fun for me but this is basically kind of like a mexican spicy chocolate where it's chocolate but it's coated in chili powder dust to make it spicy and sweet at the same time if you eat this so as you do mechanically speaking that it once you eat this spicy chocolate sweet as an action you gain resistance to fire damage and you can tolerate cold temperatures as low as zero degrees Fahrenheit without any additional protection for one hour. Ooh. Uh, I definitely want... Uh, is this also covered in, like, the sample thing? Or mm -hmm. no? No, okay. it is. Okay. Uh, how many things are uh, covered in the, uh, the sample? Just one? So when you get the Kinder Egg, it does have only one in a pack. So it's you're paying two copper for every one. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hand him another 10 copper. That that should get me five of those, right? You said two per? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you make sure you guys down. are marking this down somewhere. No, yeah, I have them all good to go. So I will put them into your character sheets at a later time because they're already uploaded D&D &D Beyond. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming all of y'all are finishing your shopping. <laughs> Uh, I can speak for Corvus. I'm pretty good. Cool, cool. I'm still ratting it up. Yeah, you're still ratting it up. <laughs> See, Amino's done. He's got all he needs. Cool. Uh, Alrighty. What was that gum stuff again? The leva bubbles. <laughs> the leva bubbles. Uh, forgive me. I can't remember which ones we went over and which ones are covered in the sample thing. But uh, is the leva bubbles. A sample thing so pretty much any of the sugar bombs is covered underneath the sample pack the only one that you actually have to pay full price for is the tote but everything else is considered part of the sample pack and that will run you two copper pieces two copper pieces for the sample pack well it's two copper pieces for 
every candy that is part of the sample pack, which is pretty much all of it, minus the tote. The tote is the only one you have to pay full price for. Okay, uh, then I'd like to grab a sample of the uh, Leva Bubble. Okay, so that's two copper. And so just mark that down. Alrighty, is there any other purchases that everyone else is doing? Rat, 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 rat. rat. <laughs> oh my goodness. And again, of course, if you guys want to get some more stuff later, we could always fix that. But I have the list, and then I'll give you guys all the stuff that you have. It's in my homebrew creation, so we'll we'll be good for there. But anyways, as you all are finishing up the shopping, Valentine is kind of just beginning to count his uh, coin and just looks at the group of y'all and says, I appreciate your business. Of course, if you ever want to place any special orders or if you want to know and if you want to know where you can get any of these, you can always find them on most of the major islands here in the Sword Coast, as well as the major coastal cities, especially since all my siblings run those different shops across the Sword Coast. But if you're looking for more big and grander designs, you may want to visit my sister in Waterdeep. She is running the biggest shop that we have and there's so much more collection as well as a couple of trinkets i think you might find interesting so if you're ever in water deep make sure you go visit her and tell her that valentine sent you and uh she'll be more than happy to help you all out sounds good oh boy hugh are you still ratting it up somewhere <laughs> i'm ratting it i i ran in like while he was talking to everybody else i ran into the back of his tent i was looking around <laughs> for what, anything else he had in the back there he wasn't showing us yeah, he's okay. being wrapped round and round. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm exploring. I'm rooting through stuff. Oh, my goodness. Actually, let's get into that. So, uh, Hugh, go ahead. I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to let you pick either perception or investigation to see what uh, Valentine has in the back of everything. I'm going to go with perception on this one. Go for it. See what you get. That is a 23. Damn, I forgot. You have a good perception. All right. So as good old. Now, you said you're like the most sharkiest mouse out there. Yeah, I'm I'm still gray. I'm still like, you know, but it's just I look like an aquatic mouse. (laughs) So good old mousy boy, Hugh, as you are scampering and scurrying through the back of Valentine's Valentine's tent again. You find a whole bunch of different sugary concoctions kind of in different crates of various sizes. But as you are looking through, you also notice that there is a small, I would say, crate that has been slightly opened. And as you take a look inside, you see that while there's not too many things, you see that there are a few kind of different Items in plastic bags and different pouches and things of that nature. Like what type of pouches? So some of these are wrapped kind of in a your typical kind of like plastic, like goodie gift bag, like children get at like birthday parties and things like that. So in some colors of uh, gem stones, kind of like crystals in a bag. You also see that there is a small clear box that looked to have some sort of dice in them. And then on top of that as well, you also see that inside of this box, you also see a couple of small stuffed animals as well. Hmm. Interesting. 
how how big is the thing with the dice in it? Uh, it's fairly small because it's only has three dice in it. It's three six sided dice, so very small, very petite. Kind of, uh, you could easily pick it up with one hand. It's there's six three six sided dice, so normally you would be able to just hold it in your hand and win it way much. Rat boy would have to no mouse boy would have a if you're going to than that. So if you're going to attempt, you're gonna need to roll me some strength. Yeah, that that was my thought process on it. Like, I was trying to figure out if it was big. If it was too big for me to like chipmunk into my cheek as I run out, but it's, it seems to be too big. So, Hugh is going to drop Wild Shape, mm-hmm. make as much noise as possible, like tripping around in the back there. While he's doing that, he's going to slip those dice into his bag. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So as you drop Wild Shape, Hugh, and just make. Just like a whole bunch no, of the I'm boxes. So, I'm so sorry. I'm. I. I did not mean. Oh. 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 No. 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 What. What. What has happened here? Oh. Oh. No. Oh, ouch. Okay. So <laughs> Valentine kind of walks to the back. And is like, ah. So that's where you went to my mouse friend. Uh, is everything all right? I. I did not know that your candy would be so powerful. I was drawn by my instinct as a mouse <laughs> to come away from large groups, and I ended up in here. There was, oh, of course. Of course. Our sugar bombs tend to have that kind of uh, effect on people. So, oh, as this candy, commotion is going on, on, is what I ate actually. I ate the candy corn. So let me go get you some uh, something to help you out with that upset stomach of yours. My so while he's turned I around, mean, I did not mean to. I'm, my apologies. It's okay, as he's kind of turned away from you. So at this point, Hugh, please roll me a sleight of hand. Uh, that is nineteen. Okay, let me roll for Valentine. Okay. So, <laughs> you beat me by one. <laughs> so, as Valentine is getting what looked to be these kind of light pink, kind of circular shaped kind of candies in a sense, uh, you are able to slip a package of this these dice into your pocket and Valentine is none the wiser. So as he turns around, it's like, uh, this is for the upset stomach. I believe I forgot to what the people around here call them. I think they're called like yums or sums or tums, whatever. But here you go. Do they plop plop and fizz fizz? When you drop them into liquids, yes, yes. Oh, perfect. I, I would, I will definitely be taking one of those. Then thank you. He's going to just eat it and, you know, slosh around and take it down. Cool. And thank you for your, for your hospitality. You're very welcome, my friend. <laughs> Walk out of the back of the, the thing. Okay, so. Uh... <laughs> what a wild ride that was. Almost as good as the carousel. So. John, I am going to send you a message as to what exactly it is that you just picked up. Perfect. So, yeah, at this point, Hugh kind of just comes back up out to the rest of y'all as you're finishing up your shopping, putting it in your bags. And Valentine just says, it is the pleasure doing business. Now, have you all checked out the giant tent right over there? As he kind of points to the giant big top in the back. But not say I have. I was too distracted with the carousel. It was riveting. <laughs> well, then, if you are all interested, I heard that there is a visitor of, uh, what's it called? Oh, what's that little island nation? 
uh, as kind of Valentine kind of just thinks and kind of searches his memory a little bit. Ah, there we go. Faltina, there's a little uh, island nation, or I should say a floating city, I should say, Faltina. They have a, I guess it's called something like cross combat, spell clash, whatever, but they procured in fights and battles. So I believe that if that is something of the sorts, um, that would be something you can check out. So really quickly, Tidak. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that where I am? Well, so currently you're kind of just somewhat hungoverly just wandering about and you just happen to pass by with the rest of your group as you see your friends. However, as you hear Valentine mention uh, the island, the island, the floating city of Faltina, <laughs> it clicks into your head that my drunken stupor. It, you're in your drunken stupor that you know this name of this floating city. In fact, you know it all too well. Faltina, Faltina, Faltina. Fuck. Yep. As you come to the conclusion in your drunken stupor, you know that Faltina is the capital of the floating city in which the Rajani twins hold their kingdom in and where you were held captive for a couple years before escaping. Mm, I know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm assuming you're drunkenly going to head over to the tent. What are we making a road trip? <laughs> I'm going to head over to wherever that fighting tennis okay you t got you two make your way to the tent is everyone else following suit yes i was gonna say i'm walking right with tydeck okay and so as you guys make your way to the tent the tent is open it's front entrance the partitions are pulled to the side and being held together by a nicely grand design looking kind of like velvet rope opening up the tent and as you walk in, you see that in smack dab in the middle of this tent is kind of a shoddily, but it served its purpose kind of arena per se. On the perimeter of the arena is a bunch of bleachers and benches for people to kind of spectate and watch. And in the middle of the tent is just an open pit with kind of a raised square kind of stage in the middle of it with a set of stairs kind of protruding from both the left and the right side of it. And as you guys are looking at this in the middle, you also see a, a humanoid individual, but they seem to be uh, wearing goggles of some sort and kind of have a set of tools kind of putting things together. You also notice that there seems to be some sort of protruding uh, bunny ears, per se, as well. And as you guys enter the tent and this humanoid figure just uh, hears you, they stop what they're doing. They kind of turn to you with their goggles on, lift them up. This is like, oh, well, crikey, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, are you the new combatants that are here to test out the fighting arena for me? Yeah. That would be us. Yeah. Ah, you're here a bit early, but, uh, you know what? I, here, let me finish putting this together and like this. So essentially, 
I'm not going to make you roll for it. You guys are familiar with the different races. This is a Heron gone, AKA the bunny boys. So this is a Haragon kind of, uh, dark kind of midnight black fur with ring of white around its left eye. And it's just like, ah, uh, excellent. Oh, uh, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Wick and I am the, uh, representative for the good kingdom of, uh, ah, uh, well, I could do introductions later, but I really want you all to test this thing. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get you all situated, shall we? Oh, uh, one more thing as he kind of pulls something out of his pocket. There may or may not be somebody getting hurt involved in all of this, so I'm going to need you all to sign a uh, waiver real quick. But to Omino he- signs, and as he signs, he also, uh, thanks to his one of his Eldritch things, he uh, casts Mage Armor on himself as he signs using really ornate hand motions for the uh, thematic part of it. <laughs> Excellent. Tidak's just going to reach over and Draw a T. So as the waivers are being signed, uh, Wick kind of puts it, the clipboard down a little bit. It's like, all righty. Uh, well, then uh, let's get you all situated. And oh, I'm really excited for you. Welcome to Cross Combat. And with that, we're going to end this episode here. So when we come back next episode, we're going to get you guys to test out to cross combat. What does that mean? What does it entail? Well, you're going to have to tune in next episode to figure it all out. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us in another episode of Call of the Deep. And as always, remember to take care of each other, love one another. And until next time, let the good times roll. See you next episode. This has been the Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War, by Alexander Makarada. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call of the deep.